0: Section 43 of Mysteries of Beekeeping Explained. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mysteries of Beekeeping Explained by Moses Quinby. Chapter 22 Wintering Bees, Part 1. There is almost as much diversity of opinion with respect to wintering bees as in the construction of hives. And about as difficult to reconcile. Different methods have been adopted. One will tell you to keep them warm, another to keep them cold, to keep them in the sun, out of the sun, bury them in the ground, put them in the cellar, the chamber, woodhouse, and other places, and no places at all, that is, to let them remain as they are without any attention. Here are plans enough to drive the inexperienced into despair, yet I have no doubt but that bees have been sometimes successfully wintered by all these contradictory methods, that some of these methods are superior to others needs no argument to illustrate, but what method is best is our province to inquire. Let us endeavour to examine the subject without prejudice, to bias our judgment. The idea of bees, not freezing, has led to errors in practice. By close observation, we shall probably discover that the assertion so often repeated that bees have never frozen except when without honey has led to an erroneous practice. Appearance of bees in cold weather. We will first endeavour to examine the condition of a stock left to nature without any care, and see if it affords any hints for our guidance when to assist and protect with artificial means. Warmth being the first requisite a family of bees at the approach of cold weather crowd together in a globular form into a compass corresponding to the degree of cold when at zero it is much less than at thirty above those on the outside of this cluster are somewhat stiffened with cold while those inside are as brisk and lively as in summer in severe weather every possible space within their circle is occupied even each cell not containing pollen or honey will hold a bee Suppose this cluster is sufficiently compact for mutual warmth, with the mercury at forty, and a sudden change brings it down to zero in a few hours. This body of bees, like most other things, speedily contracts by the cold. The bees on the outside, being already chilled, a portion of them that does not keep up with the shrinking mass, is left exposed at a distance from their fellows, and receive but little benefit of the warmth generated there. They part with their vitality, and are lost how part of the swarm is frozen. A good family will form a ball or circle about eight inches in diameter, generally about equal every way, and must occupy the spaces between four or five combs. As combs must separate them into divisions, the two outer ones are smallest and most exposed of any. These are often found frozen to death in severe weather. Should evidence be wanting from other sources to show that bees will freeze to death, the above would seem to furnish it, it is said quote, "that in poland bees are wintered in a semi torpid state in consequence of the extreme cold" End quote. we must either doubt the correctness of this relation or suppose that bee of that country a different insect from ours a kind of semi wasp that will live through the winter and eat little or nothing the reader can have no difficulty in deciding which is the most probable whether bees are bees throughout the world endowed with the same faculties and instincts or that the facts, as they are, are not precisely given, especially when we see what our own apiarians tell us about their never freezing. Here I might use strong language in contradiction, but as I am aware that such a course is not always the most convincing, I prefer the test of close observation. If bees will freeze, it is important to know it, and in what circumstances. How a small family may all freeze Suppose a quart of bees were put in a box or hive where all the cells were filled and lengthened out with honey. The spaces between the combs would be about one-fourth of an inch, only room for one thickness of bees to spread through. The combs would perhaps be one and a half or two inches thick. All the warmth that could be generated then would be by one course or layer of bees, an inch and a half apart. Although every bee would have food in abundance without changing its position, the first turn of severe weather would probably destroy the whole this, it may be said, is an unnatural situation. I will admit that it is. The case was only supposed for illustration. I know that their winter quarters are among the brood combs, where the hatching of the brood leaves most of the cells empty, and the space between the combs is half an inch, a wise and beautiful arrangement, as ten times the number of bees can pack themselves within a circle of six inches, as can in the other case." and in consequence the same number of bees can secure much more animal heat and endure the cold much better. But a small family, even here, will often be found frozen as well as starving. Frost and Ice Sometimes Smother Bees Besides freezing, there are other facts to be observed in stocks which stand in the cold. If we examine the interior of a hive containing a medium-sized swarm on the first severely cold morning, except in the immediate vicinity of the bees, we shall find the combs and sides of the hive, covered with a white frost. In the middle of the day, or as soon as the temperature is slightly raised, this begins to melt, first next to the bees, then at the sides. A succession of cold nights will prevent the evaporation of this moisture, and this process of freezing and thawing at the end of a week or two will form icicles, sometimes as large as a man's finger, attached to the combs and the sides of the hive. When the bottom of the hive is close to the floor... It forms a ceiling around the edges, perfectly airtight, and your bees are smothered. I have frequently heard beekeepers say in these cases, quote, The storm blew in and formed ice all round the bottom and froze my bees to death, End quote. Others that have had their bees in a cold room, finding them thus, quote, Could not see how the water and ice could get there any way, were quite sure it was not there when we carried it in, etc., probably they never dreamed of its being accounted for philosophically and to analyze anything pertaining to bees would be rather small business but what way can it be accounted for frost and ice in a hive accounted for physiologists tell us quote, that innumerable pores in the cuticle of the human body are continually throwing off waste or worn-out matter that every exhalation of air carries with it a portion of water from the system in warm weather unperceived but will be condensed into particles large enough to be seen, in cold atmosphere. Now, if analogy be allowed here, we will say the bee throws off waste matter and water in the same way. Its food, being liquid, nearly all will be exhaled. In moderate weather it will pass off, but in the cold it is condensed. The particles lodge on the combs, in the form of frost, and accumulate as long as the weather is very severe, Portion melting in the day and freezing again at night. The effect of ice or frost on bees and comb. When the bees are not smothered, this water in the hive is the source of other mischief. The combs are quite certain to mold. The water mold or dampness on the honey renders it thin and unhealthy for the bees, causing dysentery or the accumulation of feces that they are unable to retain. When the hive contains a very large family or a very small one, there will be less frost on the combs. The animal heat of the first will drive it off. In the latter there will be but little exhaled. Frost may cause starvation. This frost is frequently the cause of medium or small families starving in cold weather, even when there is plenty of honey in the hive. Suppose all the honey in the immediate vicinity of the cluster of bees is exhausted, and the combs in every direction from it are covered with frost, if a bee should leave the mass and venture among them for a supply, its fate would be as certain as starvation, and without timely intervention of warmer weather, they must perish. Other Difficulties Should they escape starving, there is another difficulty often attending them in continued cold weather. I said that small families exhaled but little. Let us see if we can explain the effect. There is not sufficient animal heat generated to exhale the aqueous portion of their food. The philosophy that explains why a man in warm blood and in profuse perspiration would throw off or exhale more moisture than in a quiet state will illustrate this. The bees in these circumstances must retain the water with the excrementitious part, which soon distends their bodies to the utmost, rendering them unable to endure it long. Their cleanly habits, that ordinarily save the combs from being soiled, is not a sure protection now and they are compelled to leave the mass very often, in the severest weather, to expel this unnatural accumulation of feces. It is frequently discharged, even before leaving the comb, but most of it at the entrance. Also some scattered on the front side of the hive, and a short distance from it. In a moderately warm day, more bees will issue from a hive in this condition than from others. It appears that a part of them are unable to discharge their burden, their weight prevents their flying, they get down, and are lost when cold weather is too long continued they cannot wait for warm days to leave but continue to come out at any time and not one of such can then return the cluster inside the hive is thus reduced in numbers till they are unable to generate heat sufficient to keep from freezing with the indications attendant upon such losses my own observation has made me somewhat familiar as the following conversation will illustrate end of section forty three Read by Sandra near Montreal, 2022